Well, a very warm welcome to you from Liverpool, the city where you get the ferry across the Mersey and where you get the football across Stanley Park and where one week every year is all about the racing. It is the national and that is the feature, of course, of this champ.ie podcast. So we've sent for the heavy mob to make sure that we give you all the winners from the three days at Liverpool. You can then blow it at Punchestown. Introducing in no particular order, Mr. Ronan Groom of the Irish Field. Uh, Mr. Barry Doyle, the co-founder of Champ.ie. He's got a, a number on his shirt, which I hope isn't his age. And um, Andrew Blair White, who sits very quietly in the corner, awaiting the answers to the questions. We're going to concentrate, of course, on Liverpool. I can tell you, I've uh, been at the track since Tuesday. They are watering here and the ground is not going to be any boggier than good to soft unless the weathermen have got even by their standards a complete mess of things straight in to race one day one and that is the manifesto novice chase the first of four group ones on the opening day to start the day off with a bang you've got the likes of el dorado allen the favorite though narrowly um a hit man uh five to two eleven to four for seal raffles seven to two of the shunter and we've been there done that and got all sorts of t-shirts with the shunter in recent weeks so let us start with mr andrew blair white are you a shunter fan yeah i'm a massive shunter fan um he, he's won me a fair bit of money this this year and it's just interesting that they're deciding to go down this route with this horse you, you would have thought he's had a hard enough season now but i think they've probably spied that this isn't the strongest grade one in the world and they've nothing to lose uh, pitching them in here and it's a race I wouldn't have a massive say in, but I probably would come down on him. I just think Fusa Raffles probably is the, the standard bearer of form, the second in the marsh. You can probably pick holes in the form line just with them while falling. And Steering for Lange didn't run as well as I thought he would. Fairy House and, and Hitman. I can't see why he's so short, to be honest. He fell on his former, his last grade one start. He's won a Mickey Mouse race last time out at Long Odds On. He still has to go and prove it for me. Uh, El Dorado Allen, yeah, he's a nice horse. Probably a step up to two and a half miles might seem to better effect as well, but he was flattered by the Oracle uh, coming second there with, with the other two slitting their throats out in front. Uh, so it would be going for the shunter, but it would be a tentative uh, selection, Mike, I must say. And I want to, to stress to everybody, of course, the difference in the track between Cheltenham and Liverpool. Aintree is flat. You can run a pancake race on it. Cheltenham, you sing the three verses of The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music because it's lumpy, lumpy everywhere. Uh, Barry? Yeah. I suppose myself and, and Andrew, um, we, we, we know about my love affair for El Dorado Allen, run an absolute cracker in the in the Arkell, and uh, I suppose the shunter representing Bagnellstown. Uh, Emma Mullins has, has had a good season, and also Fusil Raffles is also an old flame of mine. But I've actually come down on Hitman. Um, I think uh, he, he could kick off uh, what could be a good day for Alex Ferguson. Um, look, at, I get what Andrew's saying. He did fall on his, his second last start, you know, but he's, he's had quite a few runs now, in, in fairness. Uh, I think he's had four chase starts uh, since, since moving from France. Uh, I think a, a step up and trip again. Um, you know, he, he was racing at two miles, obviously ra ran second to, to Al Mankind. But I think uh, back on a sounder surface again, I think he, um, he, he's, he's quite a nice action, this horse. Um, and I think the, the track is going to suit him. But uh, yeah, I'll be with Hitman. 
Roland Groom, what do you fancy here? Yeah, Mike, it's it's the kind of the perfect race to start the stop entry because it's the the question that a lot of punters will have to answer for uh, races at entry. You have the classic flat um, track there, and then you have the fresh horses like Hitman Protector at Umbregado taking on the Cheltenham horses like the Shunter, El Dorado, Allen, and Fuse the Raffles backing up. And I think that's a question punters will have to ask uh, over the three days. When will these Cheltenham horses be able to back up to big runs in the space of three days. Um, I'm, I, I echo what Andrew says. I'm not sure the, the marriage form is that good with Envoy Allen falling earlier on. I wasn't a big fan of Chantry House beforehand, and I think he actually would be better over three miles. So that he managed to win there and be Fusel Raffles. Chamblou went off way too soon uh, that in that race, and I just think it fell apart a bit. Um, Hitman, look... He, he, he's not done much wrong at all. He was second to all mankind. That was a good run. I, I thought he had a chance in the marsh and they decided to come here. Uh, look, it's it's not a race to think. The shunter, look, Emmett Mullins is a genius the way him and Paul Byrne have planned the season, but you can't tell me it's been the plan that they've come, they've planned to come here. This is, must be an afterthought. And, and I, I, I kind of agree with Andrew there. They just have to come here, really. There's an old two and a half mile chase at Punchestown for novices. Uh, that said, he is the form horse. Look, uh, I'm jumping around in circles here, but Protectorat was the one that interested me um, just on the form of what he did at Cheltenham early in the season. He won by 17 lengths. Look, he's been disappointing since, but I think I actually think that was one of the best novice chase performances in Britain this season. He's had a wind up. He's a first-time tongue-tie. Skeletons have kept him back for this. Uh, he's owned by Alex Ferguson and Jed Mason, who it's Think like the targeting proposition, given that the, the, the manner of his win at Cheltenham earlier in the season, so he'd be the one I take a chance on around ten to one. Okay, well we have to move on quite quickly, probably quicker than they'll go in most selling hurdles around the weekend, um, and move straight on to the Bowl Race Three, and, and Clandis or both uh, Nichols and Cobden is the five to two favourite. Wasting patiently, which we have been, is seven to two. Tiger Roll got no chance, says um, Eddie O'Leary on the. Headlines on the Racing Post. We will see. Jack Kennedy rides for the first time in four years. Native River, 11-2, 13-2, Clondal Castle. Native River, of course, with a new jockey as well. And Clandesor Bow has got the headgear on. I don't know what it does to you, Ronan, but the headgear does tend to improve me occasionally. What do you think, you? Well, with the haircut I have at the moment, the headgear always improves me. Um, yeah, look, big fan of Clandesor Bow. Um well, I was disappointed with his run the last day. I thought he should have got by uh, Secret Investor. Um, interesting with the headgear on. Uh, if it works, you know, he probably already has the best form in the race. But as I said, I'm just disappointed he didn't get by. I think waiting patiently, he just runs well and never wins, doesn't he? So um, I think this is quite soft. Uh, echo Eddie O'Leary's comments when he when he mentioned that with Tiger Roll. I can't really see Tiger Roll going that well either. He's 11-year-old now and he's jumping proper fences not skimming through the burst like he's done so successfully when he when he usually runs at entry. And the one I came down on, I thought Clondalk Castle would be worth playing here. Each way, maybe, with the nine runners. Uh, he's first start at three miles the last day. He uh, won the old racing post chase at uh, Kempton. That he clocked a really good time there and, and, and won quite comfortably, I thought. Uh, I'll give him a big chance in a race like this. He's, he's not done but progress all season. Uh, I think if he can progress again and they can be ridden more confidently now that they know he stays three miles, 
I think he can go well. I think he was around an eight or nine to one mark, and that do for me. Harry. Yeah, I'd absolutely echo what Ronan has had to say here. I think uh, you look at the like said, Clandazova waiting patiently, Native River, the opposition here, Tiger Roll, uh, plenty of mileage on, on the clock. And in, in fairness, Clandagh Castle, um, he hasn't had a terrible amount of racing for, for a nine-year-old. He's been campaigned uh, the last two seasons over two miles, two and a half miles. And uh, like Ronan said, first start back at, uh, at, uh, at, or at Kempton. He seems to be, he's, he's obviously, he's ran well at Kempton. Um, he's obviously finished second at, at entry before, so um, Newbury as well. These sort of tracks are, are flat, flat tracks are um, seem, seem to suit this horse, and it's on a sounder surface. I think that is the key to him. He could be still improving, believe it or not. So um, that's uh, John, Johnny's quite keen on him as well that he's, that he's going to run a big race. So uh, 11 to 2, and there's probably bigger out there, to be fair. I thought he was probably the, 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 best, uh, the best bet in this each way. And let me throw the broomstick at Andrew Blair White to sweep up at their back here. Yeah, look, I think for a grade one race, you can make an awful lot more cases for why a lot of these horses won't win rather than why they will win. And Clandes O'Bow has been disappointing this year. Look, a resident cliff horse of mine is, is sitting in there second in the shop, but waiting patiently. And I just think, if he was to replicate that King George form, you know, replicate a run like that, I think he's got a massive chance in this. He has run some very good races in grade ones before. It would be a good story if he was to come and win one of these. You are obviously running the risk. He does often find one too good, uh, but I don't think it's that strong a race. Clondor Castle, I can see the lads. I can see the angle. But he does have to go and step up. As for waiting patiently, we know can do it at grade one level. And maybe he might get his uh, day in the sun, Brian Hughes. I'm sure with the the jockey's title uh, heating up at the moment, he'll be he'll be wanting to bang in as many as possible. And I think if they manage to hold this horse up, get him passing horses, he he, he won't be far away. You know, his day in the sun, it'll be a very cold sun, believe you me. Uh, that's on day one. We're going to hear from Jonathan Burke shortly. Uh, and also, of course, still to come, what the three wise men think about the Grand National and what Barry, Andrew, and Roman think about it. Um, but let's first of all end at day one uh, with this big hurdle race, race uh, four on the card, which is the last of the group ones. And it is the Betway Entry Hurdle and seven to two Abracadabras and Jason the Militant, nine to two McFabulous and six to one Bar. Now, does this hang on whether the Irish get the trip, Barry Doyle? Good race, actually, to be fair. Um, Andrew's mentioned Cliff Horses there. McFabulous was one that... Uh, I suppose that I <laughs> thought it was going to make up into a stairs horse this year. Um, he disappointed the last day, to be fair, didn't he? Behind uh, brewing up a storm, who also runs in here. But the race looks strong. You have Bouverdere as well in here. Um, finished second, of course. He disappointed after a bit of a layoff also um, when finishing uh, second last time out uh, at Haydock behind Navajo Pass. Uh, so there's a bit of depth in here, I thought, and a couple of interesting ones stepping up in trip. Uh, the one that I like actually isn't, isn't Mac Fabulous. Um, can't really forgive him for the last day. I thought he ran well below par, but Abacadabras um, is is probably the one I'd be with here. He's interested in stepping up and trip a little bit. Um, he's the one horse in the champion hurdle that we we don't really know how far he would have, how far or how 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 near he would have got to the likes of a uh, uh, honeysuckle was never going to probably beat her anyway. Um, but you know he fell quite early in the race. I thought he was interesting. Again, he seems to be a horse that that on a bit of better ground. 
Um, it seems to bring out the best in him. I know that uh, Jamie Codd, Jamie Codd, speaking to him before the festival, he he thought he was pretty pretty well primed to, to run a big race in the champion hurdle. Uh, Jason the militant has been in good form as well, but uh, just at the prices, uh, 10 to 3, Avocadabra stepping up in trip, um, I thought he was probably the one I was going to side with here uh, for Jack Kennedy and uh, and uh, uh, Sneezy Foster. So yeah, that's that'll be my tip in here, but it's, it's competitive. It wouldn't be a, a very strong fancy, but Avocadabra is just uh, Abracadabra is then. And what about the magic man, Ronan Groom? Um, I'd love someone to actually say something nice about Jason the Militant. Nobody has it. No, it doesn't even have a nice name to it. Uh, I'll tell you a short story about that. He's, uh, I know the owner did a few, rang him a few times for a few things. And uh, he called, I think his brother or his good mate is in it. And uh, he, he he had to enhi- in, in, enhance his mate to come into it. He's, he gave him the option to name the horse. And his mate named it after his child, who I think was a bit of a, a mad case when he was in school when he was younger. So that's why it's called Jason the Millard. Uh Anyway, digress from that. Uh, the uh, Yeah, I, I think you're right, Mike. I think the big question is whether the front two, the Irish pair, stay. I think Jason the Milton actually arguably has the best form in the race, beating Petty Mouchoir, given it £9. And then you take what Petty Mouchoir did at Cheltenham, uh, finished second in the county hurdle off top weight. I think that's... That's that's big form for Jason the Milton. He has the scope to improve again. I think if, if he stays, he'd probably win this. Um, I, but I suppose you could say the same for Abacadabras, who this race should set up lovely for him if he knew he would stay because there's going to be a mad pace here with the likes of Silver Streak in there, Song for Someone maybe, uh, just just going up front. Um, but in short, I, I there's not much between these. The, the, they're all in, in around the 155 to one kind of 60 kind of range uh, Silver Streak is 163 for his win over Epitant but I just don't think he'll stay Silver Streak is by Dark Angel I don't think he wouldn't stay in a bus um, and, and and to cut it short I, I am going to take a chance on one at a big price on the thing that I don't know he will probably stay but I suspect he will and that's not, not so sleepy like he, he I'm actually not surprised at all to see there's been a bit, a bit of money for him he, he, this horse stayed two mile two on the flat he's been fourth and two Cesaro which is and he's coming off the best his best run of his life over hurdles, having finished fifth in the champion hurdle. He finished, he was just outpaced there more than anything else down the hill when he actually relaxed a bit. Um, for once, he didn't go off like the clappers in front. I thought that was a big run. He's only beaten 13 lengths by Honeysuckle. And if he does stay, and I suspect he will because of that flat, flat form, like he's a mile and a half winner and, and he's been fourth and two Cesar, which he should improve really for coming up on trip. So uh, I backed him already around the 20 to 1 mark and I'm delighted to see that there's a few people thinking the same kind of way as well. And uh, in a race, I think Paddy Power going top four, uh, back him each way. I think that's that's plenty of value still in around 60 to 1. And if you're right, you can pay for that haircut you've been promising yourself. Um, um, Andrew, they've not left you much. They've put lines <laughs> through most of them. <laughs> No, exactly. Look, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jason the Militant. My one worry with him just is the ground. I don't have an issue with him staying. I think he'll stay all day. Um, just his best form in Ireland has come with a big dig in the ground. And I'm just not sure whether it's going to be a bit lively. Uh, I probably still will back him just because he is a horse I've an awful lot of time for. Uh, but the one that they haven't really discussed too much, and I can't see... Why on earth uh, this horse was, was bigger than McFabulous is uh, brewing up a storm for Ali Murphy. I think he's some tool of a horse over hurdles. Um, well fancied for the Oracle last year. Look, he jumps like a wardrobe over fences, unfortunately. 
Uh, he dropped back to hurdles now this year and has won a handicap hurdle, I think, around Taunton um, by God knows how many lengths and then won the, the National Spirit. Fought, well, I thought he did that really well. I don't think there's any reason. I know there's a bit of a swing in the weights. I don't think there's any reason to suggest why he can't uphold that form. And he's got good two and a half mile form in the book. And if, if you're a little bit wary about the likes of Abacadabra's not staying, uh, this horse certainly will stay. And uh, I think he's got a very good chance. He's around six to one. It's a bit of a muggy each way bet at that price. But uh, I, I think he's got a massive chance. And hopefully we'll give Ali Murphy I, what I believe would be his first grade one winner over hurdles. So uh, I do uh, hope that happens. He's a young trainer going places. And uh, he's a horse I think will take an awful lot of stopping, actually. So there are our thoughts on the three main races then on day one. Lots more to come, including the Grand National winner. We're going to give them enough chances to flag it up between the lot of them. Uh, that's coming up shortly. But first, let's uh, meet our special guest. He's already had a mention tonight uh, because of the rise he has on Thursday. Uh, but a very busy week for a man who left County Cork to ride in the UK and is now becoming one of the most go-to young jockeys in racing. And Barry's been talking to Johnny Burke. So delighted to have Jonathan Burke on the Chantilly podcast as we look ahead to the Entry Festival, of course, starting tomorrow. Jonathan, you've, you've ridden 43 winners, I counted anyway, so far this season. Very much on course to, to have your best season yet. Things are going great. Yeah, I'm delighted. Um, delighted with the way things are going. Um, I suppose I moved over here three seasons ago now. Being the first season, 45 and 38 when things stopped last year. So um, hopefully we can get to the 50. Um, I missed a bit of time with the crucial part uh, over Christmas with an injury, but um, I was lucky when things got back on. Um, I was able to hit the ground running again and banged in a few hours, such as great. Yeah, looking ahead to entry this week, of course, starting tomorrow as we're recording, Clondall Castle, uh, he's been in super form this season. Uh, rarely runs a bad race, Johnny, and like you must be looking forward to riding him now in the Betway Bowl. Yeah, really looking forward to him. Um, I suppose he he stepped up a grade when he won the the good handicap at Kempton um, off such a big weight, and it was a competitive race. Um, I, I know he's dipping his toes into Grade One at Grade One level at three miles. Um, and he seemed to improve for the last day. So, look, everything's in his favourite track. Um, he's probably best on a flat track. That's why he stayed away from Cheltenham. Um, grounds right. Yeah, look, we're just looking forward to see him come back. And the Zorba, Native River, Tiger Roll. Um, it's a good race, but uh, we're very happy with Tranda and really, really looking forward to him. Yeah, and for the past two seasons, Johnny, like, Clando seems to be campaigned at two miles and then up to two and a half miles. But could we could we only be starting to see the best of him now up to that three-mile trip? And and on a sounder surface, of course, he seems to have, his best form seems to be on that better ground. I think so. Um, I suppose he's been campaigned with time in mind. Um, he's got great patient owners. And Tom George won this race a few years back with Nakarat having won the same handicap that Clondall Castle won in Kenton. So it's probably a route that Tom had planned out a couple of years back. Um, and I 
throughout his career he hasn't disgraced himself for two miles he didn't disgrace himself for two, two and a half miles um, and he stepped up to three and delivered the last day so there, there's, there's every reason to think that he is still improving and can improve again for tomorrow yeah yeah and, and you mentioned that like you know he's, he is he is now moving up in grade he was impressive the last day he's an official rating now of 160 um, and it's hard to see maybe some of the other what more fancy ones that they're still improving at their age. You mentioned the likes of Native River, even Tiger Roll now is coming back across. I know he won the last day, but do you think, I suppose, would you be confident your lad could go close now? I, I would be, yeah. yeah like he's, he's a horse he's that um, you can ride with confidence as well, like having having started off to go over two miles and, and like... He didn't run a bad race in Anarchal as a novice, so he isn't a slow horse, but just I think three miles at this stage of his career now is um, just going to keep you know, improvement in him. Um, and I'm really looking forward to him. Like, I said, off his win the last day, um, I'd be confident now, yeah. Yeah, fantastic, I suppose, right to, to kick off the week for you with Johnny. But then, obviously, we move on to the entry hurdle uh, tomorrow as well, which you ride not so sleepy. And in fairness, he ran a cracker, I thought, to be fair, in, in at, at the festival this year. Um, what's what's your thoughts, I suppose, on him stepping up in trip? How has he been since Cheltenham also? Yeah, um, I obviously haven't seen him, but you, he's very happy with him. Um, he's a bit of a, a character, I suppose you could say. Um, <laughs> he has his own way of doing things um, but he's really run a great race at Cheltenham having got outpaced from halfway down down the hill to the home turn but he stayed on all the way up the hill and he hit the, hit the line well so um, he was a stayer on the flat so like there's every there's no reason why he won't stay the trip um, I suppose he is just that big keen so um, but it's an entry hurdle a great one they tend to go quick so um, if I'm in front so be it but look he's got his own way of going Um and I'd have no worries about the trip from. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, would that be potentially the plan? Like, it, does he need to? Does he need to go forward? Does he need to? I suppose be ridden from the front. I like Jason the Milton now. He's obviously come in for a bit of support. He probably might might be likely to go forward as well. Would that be the plan, kind of to to get him out in front? I think so. Um, he's a horse. I think that needs to be jumped out competitively because um, one day Newbury in a bet for. He missed the stack and he just took no part. And every day he's been jumped out positive and forward. He grabs hold of the bridle and, and takes you forward. So um, I don't think I'll change anything on him. Um, I did it in Chelsea and I didn't make the running. So like, he doesn't have to. But just once he's jumped out positive and uh, competitively, um, we can fly in after jump from one or two and see where, where we are then. But um, he's straightforward enough yet. Yeah, you ride Volan for, for Charlie Longs and again another I suppose trainer that you've you've built up a bit of a relationship with over there. Um and he he's been off the track for, for, for quite a while. Would you be expecting uh, a, a big run from him? Yeah, um he's been off for a while but um Charlie's starts coming back into farm to do for these spring festivals. He's a horse that actually rode as a novice um when I was with Charlie, so um I know him quite well. He's won a few races in the um, he's off a nice race and way it's competitive with plenty of runners in a lot of luck and running but um, as I said Charlie's horses tend to come into form come these spring festivals I asked you Rhodes I won the Red Rum Chase for Charlie um, a few years back on Ben Telemar so um, it'll be great to ride a winner for Charlie as an entry again having probably Charlie been the reason I moved to England in the first place so um, it's just great to still be riding, riding for him 
Yeah, the big races, of course, on the Friday. You, you mentioned winning that Red Rum Chase, but the Topham. Uh, this is a horse, I suppose. He's he's an old flame of mine, Johnny Glenn Force. I remember fancying him. Remember fancying him for an article once upon a time. You rode him. He seems to have been frustrating enough, like. But I'd I'd imagine I'm going to ask you anyway. I suppose his jumping probably be one of his best assets. Do you think he'll take the defences? He schooled in Lambert last week over the entry style and um, he didn't bat an eyelid down over him, no bother to him. So, as you said, his jumping's always been a massive asset to him. Um, and I suppose since his novice campaign, he's just been campaigned at two miles since and he's a horse that needs further. Like when I rode him first, he ran over two miles six mm. and he came back to two and a half and then he won the Kingmaker over two and he was so good in the Kingmaker at two they've just kept him to two miles um, so I'm really looking forward to now back up and trip and these fences should bring, bring him back to Spark again so um, yeah looking forward to him yeah mm, I'd say so yeah uh, Ad- Adramel um, I suppose he 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 was unbeaten over hurdles. We spoke to Tom Lacey on the podcast earlier in the season, uh, J- Johnny. And look, he, I suppose the the thing the thing with with him stepping up to three miles at the festival um, was everything okay afterwards, or what, what was the, the prognosis? Yeah, he was fine. Um, I actually saw him at the gallops this morning. He looks great, and Tom's really happy with him. Um, I, I think look, he, I think he he just caught out basically. Um, and he did the right thing in pulling him up, and that's why he's probably able to run him at entry. Um, so you say nothing showed up. He seems well. He seems great. Um, so yeah, back to two two and a half miles, um, and probably on a flat track as well might help him to um, one at Haydock and stuff. So um, yeah, I look forward to him. Because would the plan be to to ride him positive again? Um, yeah, funny enough, Tom actually said it during the morning that he doesn't have to make the running. Um, it's not to be all and end all. I suppose it's just he needs a good honest gallop from start to finish. He wouldn't want to sprint rest. So, um, yeah, if that means he is making the running, so be it. But um, he, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't have to, you know. So he's, he's straightforward enough too, yeah. Absolutely, I, I suppose ground-wise, I know there is a bit of forecasted rain over the next couple of hours, Johnny. Um, would uh, I suppose every little bit of rain probably would help him? Absolutely, yeah. any any bit of fell would be welcomed. Um, but fingers crossed, entry tend to do a, a great job, and, and they always have it on the safer side of goods so or the slower side. So um, that would help as well if they if they if they left the tap, taps on. But um, yeah, any bit of rain that fell would, would, would be would be welcome for him. Absolutely. And moving on to Saturday, uh, and Tom Lacey as well. You're right, John BB for Tom. Uh, he must have a strong chance, uh, John. Yeah, really looking forward to him. Um, t- 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 Tom is really looking forward to him as well. He's um, he's a progressive horse. He still thinks there's a bit of room with his handicap mark. Um, he was unlucky to fall the last day. Um, he overjumped and, and fell rather than actually made a jumping mistake so um, and he won nicely prior to that so um, and I schooled him this morning he schooled well and he's fresh and fresh and well and um, looking forward to him like the track should suit flat track and uh, plenty plenty jumping so um, and he's off a lovely race and weight so uh, really looking forward to him too Absolutely and the, and the big race of course the, the 5.15 the feature on Saturday the entry Grand National double shuffle uh, he's been there before, he's running the race before, a great servant and a decent jumper, Johnny. Um, he comes in here off a low weight. Have you have you had to starve to get down to that weight or would that be, I suppose, manageable? 
No, no, I'm lucky enough. Um, lucky enough, we don't have to worry about the weight. Um, yeah, I can eat away and uh, enjoy myself, so uh, that's not a worry. Um, and yeah, as you said, he, he, he's been around the defences before. Touch wood, he's a good sound jumper. Um, and I suppose having lost his well, eh, um since that time he was second to King George, um, he's really come back to form this year and recently. Um, he is a bit of a Kempton specialist, but um, as I said, he likes the defences and there's something different. So um, yeah, I look forward to him. And and of course, it's a it's a it's a national and um, forty runners. It doesn't really matter what odds they are because um, yeah, it's a national and it's a fantastic race to be a part of. Yeah, and you've rode in the race a good few times before, Johnny, and I suppose um, have, have, this time round, have you rode the race in your head or have you any idea tactics-wise where, where you'd like to be? Yeah, um, yeah, like, you know, you're always playing it over your heads, do this, do that, but um, the few times I've ridden in it, you kind of get to the start and there's a bit of a war, like there's just 40 horses lined up across the track and um, thundering down to the first line of six fences and see, see where you are then so um, it would be just try to get a good good start and get a clear view of the first couple of fences and let the horse find their rhythm and um, just yeah get into a rhythm with them there and get them jumping and go from there then so um, but as you'd be playing it over you'd be driving along in the car what if what if it happens so um but as I said, it is a national, so you're kind of allowed allowed to dream that you can go and win it. So looking forward to it. Yeah, you mentioned Kempton as well. I mean, the horse that he did bounce back, as you said, two form with that win at Kempton. And in fairness, he didn't disgrace himself the last day so uh, behind Clondall Castle. So you'll be, I suppose, hoping the week starts uh, on a positive note uh, with Clondall Castle for many different reasons uh, this week. But uh, um, yeah, the, the horse is obviously in decent, in a lot better form this year anyway. Yeah, he is like obviously if Flander Castle wins it'll boost his chances. Um but if you look at his last three runs, he's mixed it with good horses, Clander Castle, Lamy de Bois and Royal Pagai who ran the Gold Cup. So um his form of late is pretty strong, so and he's off a lovely weight. So um yeah, as I said, it's just a great race to be a part of and I've been lucky to ride in it three times and tis tis the one race where you feel like a celebrity as a as a as a jockey, so um it's just a fantastic race to be part of. I wish you all the best with him. And I suppose you, you are a bit of a judge as well, Johnny. And I know um, you have a, a passion for commentating as well. And I suppose uh, the national, the favourite clock cap, if we were to pick a horse maybe outside the obvious clock cap and even the one you're riding yourself, double shuffle, which horse would, uh, I suppose, uh, jumps off the page to you? Yeah, one that I really like is Borough Saint. Um I actually rode Acapella Burrs on the Irish National that he won um, and I think it was about six out Ruby came up alongside me and he was pulling a cart with him um, I was very impressed with him um, and he was obviously mapped out for the race last year but he'd been mapped out again for this year because we've hardly seen him over fences so um, he'd be the one that would jump off the page to me he he, he likes the sound, sound surface Um takes that box of ground and um, he looks like he's been laid out for it Absolutely I wish you all the best with Double Shuffle uh, as we move on from the National and I must ask you for the Champ Today listeners I know you haven't listened into a couple of podcasts Johnny uh, this season but uh, as you know we're going to ask you for your best chance of the week maybe if you had two horses maybe to follow for the week um, for the Champ Today listeners Yeah 
love my rides. Um, I'm really looking forward to Clondalk Castle. Um, I'm very, very impressed with his uh, Kempton win, and we got very excited after it, looking forward to, to his entry race. Um, and as I alluded earlier, track, trip, ground, everything ticks it out of boxes. So really looking forward to him. And John Beebe as well. Um, he looks to have a bit of room in his handicap mark. So I'm really looking forward to those, those two. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Burke, pleasure having you on the Champ Today podcast. The head of, of course, uh, a busy week at Aintree. Wish you all the best um, this week, I suppose, starting with Clondalk Castle in the Betway Bowl tomorrow and, uh, of course, double shuffle in the National and right throughout the weekend. Uh, wish you the best as well this season and hopefully you can get to that magic number, uh, Johnny, of 50. Thank you very much, yeah. Pleasure. So those are the thoughts of uh, Johnny Burke. We wish him lots of luck. Let's move to day two then. And again, some fascinating racing. And of course, the Topham is the race where Nicky Henderson's won umpteen, even though he's never won the, the national. And he's got plenty in it. But we're going to start, though, by having a look at this um, Betway Mildmay at 2.50. And interesting, JP with two here, Chantry House and Sporting John. Tom O'Brien coming in for the ride to replace the now retired Richard Johnson. And interestingly as well, from where I'm looking, is the complete lack of any Irish. And can the big breakaway finally come good? Um, let's start with the thoughts of Ronan Groom. Yeah, I think he can come good, Mike. Um, Toddy ran, ran, ran a huge race in the, uh, in the uh, Brown Advisory Chase, as it's now known. Um, just got mugged late on there by his stablemate, Fiddler on the Roof. I think he was ridden a bit more cannily. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Cheltenham is a track that suits him probably better, but I think with that form, he's probably the best horse in, in this race. Uh, Shan Blue and, and Shantred House, as we kind of alluded to early on in the uh, in the podcast, I think I'm just not sure about the Marsh form. Um, and Fiddler on the Roof always finds a way to finish second, uh, which, you know, is, 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 is could be his fifth second in a row. Uh, I do respect his form with Robbie Power back on as well. Uh, Sporting John, I, I don't trust at all. Um, I think that race uh, he won the City Isles kind of fell into his lap earlier in the season. Um, and in truth, with just going back to Chamblou, I'm not sure if he stays that well or not. Uh, the Kim Bailey horse, Espoir de Rome, is, is interesting with the fresh angle. But I think if the big, big, big breakaway can can show up to his best, he's, he could be a much needed uh, tonic for the Colin Tizard Yard, who have been within the doldrums this season. But he's been definitely been one of their best horses. Andrew. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd echo what, what Ronan's saying about the big breakaway. I think he's got a massive chance in this. Uh, I'd be willing to take on Chantry House as I was willing to take on Fusil Raffles. Esparta uh, Rome has to prove that he's going to step up. And this is the conundrum we get in the majority of these races, as Ronan alluded to earlier. These fresh horses that potentially have won poor races, you know, are they up to grade one level? I'm not so sure whether Esparta Rome is. Uh, I suppose I'd be a little bit more uh, forgiving on Sporting John. And I know I've given Barry an awfully hard time about Sporting John uh, in the past. That's because he's tried to get Envoyle beat with him. Um, but this horse, look, he's liable to a bad mistake, but there is an engine in there. Uh, Tom O'Brien, obviously coming in for the, for the ride now, which is great. Hopefully Tom has a good week because he's got this lad and he's got Time Hill as well. Uh, I'd give him a, an each-way poke just because if he was to put his, his best foot forward, he shouldn't be 12-14-1. He's probably a 5-6-1 chance on ability. 
Um, so I, I think he's a little bit overpriced as a result, and I'd forgive him for the last day, and hopefully he can return to that something similar enough to that Sandown form. Where's the Doyle Euro here? Yeah, um, Sporting John. Oh my God, yeah, that that didn't end up so well, and Andrew. Um, but uh, yeah, I told myself after Kempton, after the kiddo star novice chase, I, I said if if the big breakaway meets Sham Blue again, um, he'll definitely reverse the form and. Um, in fairness, the like the likes of Sham Blue. Frozen. Am I frozen? Hello. Doesn't happen very often. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Can you yeah, I'm going to say you're back. What do you, so, um, a brief word from our uh, our leader. Uh, where's your shilling here? Yeah, the old sporting John to beat M. Allen didn't work out so well, Andrew. Um, the big breakaway. I think the machine was so shocked. Yeah, I told I told myself um, after after Kempton at Christmas uh, that if the big breakaway met uh, Shamblu later on in the season, that he definitely reversed the form. I, I I think in fairness, the big breakaway. Roland's right in what he said that um, you know the fiddler on the roof obviously picked up the pieces um, in 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 the in the festival chase at the at, at Cheltenham. Um, I think the break, the big breakaway went toe to toe with monkfish for a long, long time, and it's not the sort of animal you want to be going toe to toe with down the back. Uh, they went as hard nearly as they did uh, down the back in in the RSA or the old RSA as they did in the in the Supreme Novices. They were the fair clip now, um, and I just think, uh, um, you know, I think monkfish potentially broke the big breakaway's heart. But I'd be willing to look. He's he's, he's had he's had plenty of runs now as well. Uh, the big breakaway this season, I'd be definitely with him in here. At the prices, I think Chantry House, um, the Marsh Chase, I'm not so sure. I think the lads mentioned how strong that race is. It did fall apart potentially uh, with Chamblou, um going nearly, uh, I suppose, 90 to the dozen coming down the hill. Uh, still can't make out why Harry, Sk- Harry Skelton, um, I suppose, made the movie did and uh, in, in the Marsh. So I'd be definitely with the big breakaway in here. I think at the prices still, um, I could see money coming for him. I think he's, he's getting better with every run and uh, he's, he's certainly a horse even to take into next season um, overstay overstaying ch- trips so um, he'd be the one at the prices for me six to one I think represents good value and of course the feature handicap is over two and three quarter miles it's 18 fences around the national course the Randox Topham at 405 and a, a quick skip through the market you're looking at those towards the top of it in what is a real minefield of a race the likes of Vision Man towards the top of the market. Uh, the top one, Ibleo, two for gold, representing Kim Bailey and David Bass, and owned partly by um, ITV's Ollie Bell. And I pass on a word for Caribbean boy here. Um, let's give first innings on this one to Barry. Yeah, I like Precious Cargo um, in here. I also have an old flame, Glenn Forsat, that I spoke to Johnny Burke about. And it could potentially go well at a big price. But the one I've come down on is, is Precious Cargo. He's only rated three uh, pounds, uh, I suppose, higher over fences than he, is, than he is over hurdles. He's only had two runs this season, ha- has had wind surgery um, before returning at Warwick in, in February. Um, he's, ru- he's run at entry in the past. Um, you know, I think he was running an absolute cracker last year in the um, in, in the Festival Novice Chase before coming down. And he got a horrific fall, actually, to be fair. Um, in the uh, behind Imperial Aura, but he was going well at the time. To he was probably l- looking like he was going to place at least. 
um, at a big price. Um, that was at last year's festival. He's only he's he's only had six uh, starts over fences. Um, I think he's a he's a very sound jumper. I think that will stand him in good stead. I think he probably will enjoy these fences. He has come in for support, and I think at eleven to one, um, I think he's set up for for a good run here. Uh, the good ground, uh, the better ground is is going to help him also. So that's a precious cargo for Nicky Henderson. But I wouldn't rule out a big run um, from Glenn Forsa um, at a big price. He's a bit of an old rogue. I fancied him for an article once upon a time, but at a big price, he could go well. So that's two against the field, Precious Cargo and Glenn Forsa. I'm going to say he knows that uh, he's describing a horse as an old rogue. I'm going to say you've uh, been described by that horse at 11 o'clock at night by a few people of my knowledge. Um, Andrew. Yeah, a couple of horses. I, yeah, I'd be willing to take on a few of these at the, the top of the market. Live Love Laugh hasn't won a race uh, since Adam was a boy. And um, with the greatest respect to, to Kevin Blake, uh, who obviously had a, a brilliant Cheltenham. Like, I can't understand the money for Visio Man apart from the fact that he's put it up. Because um, it's come in from twenty to one into seven to one, and within the certainly space, from what within, I've seen, within the space of five from what I've, well. yeah, from what I've seen, he certainly doesn't have the, the form to be a seven to one shot. Probably wasn't a bad pick at twenties. Uh, the one I, I'd give a chance to, and this is Dunvegan for uh, Pat Fahey. I just think I've always thought there's a big, a big handicap in him, and it hasn't quite worked out. Not sure whether he quite gets three miles. Not seemingly quick enough for two miles. This sort of test might just uh, might might just work for him. He's in there off the middle of the weights. He's usually a solid enough jumper. Jumped very well at Gore in the last day when finishing third. Uh, when he was a little bit warm paced over two two, I'd give him a chance back up in trip. Uh, Brian Cooper booked, and he's uh, twenty to one. But a wide open race and plenty of plenty of chances for plenty of different horses, no doubt. And um, Ronan, I mean, this is the only thing about this race is with so many runners, is there be some decent each way terms knocking around. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the best bet you can have, I think, uh, is one of my bets to meet in this Caribbean boy. Um, I thought he was a massive eye catcher at Cheltenham. If you just completely inconvenienced by the start, uh, he had to be roused along by Daryl Jacob just to even take up a position, just to even take off. And he was, unsurprisingly, he was uh, outpaced coming down the hill. He had to go wide around the field. And to be honest, to go back and look at the race, he looked like he was going to be pulled up turning for home he would have said if he had a choice of him being pulled up or finishing out the race he would have said pulled up and he absolutely scooted up the hill to finish seventh only beating 13 lengths by the shunter at the end uh, I did a piece with Daryl Jacob for the field uh, last week and I was just asking about that and he said the exact same thing once he knew straight away once the the, the, the uh, tape went down stand and start he knew he had, his horse had no chance he needs to be prominent needs to get out in front and when he does I think he's a real tool this I think the good ground trip absolutely was suit him and you go back to his form earlier in the season he won that grade two at Newbury uh, you know similar track to Aintree left-handed and he beat Fiddler on the roof and getaway Trump that form's worked out really well since uh, I I give him a huge chance in around I think I can see here on Betfair he's 13.5 you get better each way terms obviously with the bookies uh, I think if you can get out get out in front and get jumping with, with uh, Jacob on him I think he has to go close. So that's the top up. And that, of course, is the last race over the big fences before the big race itself, which highlights Saturday's card. And Saturday, of course, is the day that we have all been waiting for. It is the national itself off at 5.15. Some of us have got Friday nights alone with a set of crowns and the caps. 
with uh, J.P. McManus running seven in the race, and uh, several of them with real chances. Cloth Cap, a very short-priced favourite. And at this stage, it's even possible, wait for this, he could go off shorter than Tiger Roll did two years ago. And the difference is that Tiger Roll have actually won a national. Bristol to my, the top weight, um, if you take Cloth Cap out of it, it is an absolute minefield of, an, of a really competitive national. So where do you start? So I'd put the, your, your three names on in a hat to work out who was going to have first, second and third innings, and then I'll probably drop the hat. So, uh, Ronan, you start You start on the national. Yeah, um, people are slagging off the price of Cloth Cap, um, Mike, but I, I, I can understand it, to be honest with you, and I'm going to back him on Saturday morning if uh, in the hope that he goes out to maybe something like something close to six to one. I think he's a bet. He's 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 fourteen pounds well in here. I mean, I, I he's better handicapped than Tiger Oil was for both of his Grand Nationals. Remember, Tiger Oil won cross country races leading into the national, and he was officially well handicapped. I think he was maybe seven pounds maybe the first year, and maybe six or seven again for the second season. So I don't get this comparison with Tiger Roll of uh, how could he be a shorter price than Tiger Roll? Clock Cap has done his winning around uh, uh, over proper fences as well, not the cross country. Uh, he, he won up at Kelso, won a listed race, absolutely slammed his rivals. And to illustrate the, the kind of thing there, he, he competed up with definitely red off level weights there. And he, he would actually receive 10 pounds off definitely red today. He's 16 pounds better off with definitely red, having beaten 12 lengths. And that's the case with him with a lot of these runners, because a lot of these runners would have won, run after the weights for the national were released and subsequently ran badly and actually competing off, you know, weights that are two pounds wrong off their official ratings. Clock cap. And we have to make this point as well that the national isn't the race that it was of old. It's it's not the the, the absolute lottery of fences. You know, there, there's more finishers than than fallers these days. I think if clock cap can get into a rhythm early on, stay out of trouble. I know there's 30 fences to be jumped, and there's 39 arrivals there, but he's 14 pounds well in. It's it's it, he's an absolutely standout candidate for this race. He couldn't you couldn't have him any bigger than you know seven to one in my book, which some people are suggesting he'll go out bigger than that. I think that's that's crazy. Look, for me, I will wait till Saturday morning because I, I don't want to play him now at four to one, and I think there's a good chance that he will go out. Maybe he won't. Uh, and just to mention one other one, because I think everyone likes to have maybe one or two bets on the national, at least two anyway. Uh, Acapella Bourgeois was was the one for me. I cannot see why he is like four times the price of Burrow Saint, who he beat at, in the Bobby Joe Chase, and will now actually race with him off seven pounds better terms. He's six pounds well in Acapella Bourgeois. I think he, he won the Bobby Joe Chase by 15 lengths last season, so that would have been the time for his national. He's an 11-year-old now, but... I, he's another one. I just think that he, he, if he can improve for the step up and trip, he goes out in front, so he should stay out of trouble. And he made plenty of appeal to me each way as well. But clock cap is, is really my way into this race, and I'm going to wait till Saturday morning and hopefully, hopefully get a better price. Joe, am I right in thinking this would be a good year to go up and speak to the legendary JP McManus and ask him which is his first choice here? It's that sort of a race, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Look, it, it looks a very hard race. Um, I, I get what Ronan's getting at with, with Cloth Cap. I think the majority of people are just simply trying to take him on from a price point of view. Um, but, you know, the, the, the form is there. The 
the credentials are there. Um, whether you want to be taken four to one about a horse that hasn't ran over the distance or the f- national fences, it's probably up to the individual. Uh, I'm going to give you three in here, Mike, um, at, at bigger prices that I think will run well. I think Discorama will run well. That being said, I think his price is poor in comparison to what it was maybe a week ago. He was around 33s a week ago. A few people have cottoned on to him of uh, 10 stone six. It's a nice racing weight. We saw with the Nolans, with Mrs. Milner in the Pertemps, that you know, they, if they if you give them a lurker with a low racing weight, they, they can get one ready. Uh, this horse has always looked like he needed a, a big trip, um, and that's what he's going to get in this. Although he does have to come from the back, which um, just typically you want a horse that maybe wants to be a little bit more prominent, um, typically, although one for Arthur did do it. And two, at bigger prices, and I'm going to go for a little bit of a trend here, that a few older horses tend to run well. Uh, of the last 10 Grand Nationals, if you took the first six of each 10, so that's 60 runners, 34 of those 60 have been 10-year-olds or plus, including three 11-year-old winners. And I'm putting two 11-year-olds to you, one being Annabelle Fly, uh, who I think has dropped down to a, a nice weight now, uh, under 11 stone, has placed in the race twice before. Uh, you can get 25 to one. He, uh, Annabelle Fly hasn't shown much in, in recent years, but I think there may be still a flame there for for him and the other one was a horse that ran very well in the cross country Alpha Days Oboe uh, who's currently 66 to 1 I remember Gordon doing this with Bless the Wings a couple of years ago ran a good race in the cross country and placed in this at 150 to 1 uh, Jody McGarvey's probably had the week of his life at Ferry House uh, he's booked to ride uh, for Denise Foster I just think he, he came third in the Beecher two years ago off £7 higher He's got a good swing at the weights, actually, with, even with Kimberlite Candy based off that form. He's now back under 11 stone. I think he's got a decent chance of 152 of being one of those horses that you just don't think will run well and then suddenly rocks up in the frame in third or fourth. So Alpha Days Oboe at 66 to 1, I just think. Maybe that lurker that runs a big race as, at the rag price. We're going to ask the three of you to give you uh, three horses each. In a moment, and I think I might even have my six penny worth as well. Um, Barry, um, are you a cloth cap man or not? No, absolutely not. I don't know how you could back a horse to seven to two for a national, being honest with you, a grand national. Um, at entry now, I know it is a different sort of a uh, sort of a race now, they have lowered defenses and uh. They're even saying that the, the, the second season novice, as Andrew's mentioning, older horses, kind of 10-year-olds 10, 10 or plus. But it's sort of a race that, that maybe might favour the more well-handicapped horse now versus the horse that maybe has a lot of experience um, or has, a, as I suppose, uh, runs under his belt. But um, Acapella Bourgeois, couldn't agree with Rona more about this one. Um, I think he's absolutely crying out for entry fences. Um, he's going to be ridden prominent. He doesn't know any other way of racing. Um, if you're backing... Uh, Borough saying that his sort of price, then surely to God, Acapella Bourgeois um, is, is is value at, uh, I think, best price, uh, 22 to 1. Um, I know that um, I, and this obviously was his target uh, before the Bobby Joe. I uh, wasn't expecting him to come out and, and, and do what he did. Um, and um, I, I, I just think that entry is going to suit the horse down to the ground. Now, some of his better form is on a bit of, a bit more softer surface, um, but uh, um I don't know. He's going to be ridden prominent. I think he'll love the fences. I think he'll run very well. 
Um, that's a capella bourgeois. I've always thought he would make a, a an entry horse run, a cracker, of course, in the Irish Grand National. Uh, Johnny Burke actually rode him on, on that day, on that occasion. Um, two seasons back. So, yeah, that's Acapella Bourgeois. He'd be my selection number one. I think Milan Native is one that I had down ever since his Kim Muir win last year. Um, I had him down as a national type. He started the season uh, with, a, with a win this year. He's had, had a, a good couple of runs since. Seems to have fallen off the boil a little bit, but I know when Jamie Codd was was uh, was speaking last night on, on the At The Races programme, I think there was a glint in his eye when um, and Anne Native was was mentioned. He could potentially come in for the ride on him. So, um, yeah, he's one that I've that I've flagged up as a, as an entry horse. I think um, uh, since the start of the year, I've always had my eye on him. I think there's a big pot in him this year, and um, I think off his off his mark. Um, he's he's not. I think he carries ten stone six so off one hundred and forty nine. Third horse uh, that I, that I'm going to mention um, for for the Grand National is one that is just he's just Mister Consistent, isn't he? He carries a t- he carries a, a, a I suppose a a big weight and he ran in the stair stairs hurdle, but that's the storyteller. He just he's just one that that never seems to run a bad race, and I think um, he he obviously he carries eleven stone eight. It's going to be a a pretty a big ass to win off that. Keith Dunne who gets on well with the horse, I think. Um, you could do a lot worse than 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 have him on your side. Um, I think best price twenty two to one in here as well. So I think the storyteller will run well, um, and I think he's going to. I suppose he's 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 running all he's he's danced in all the big dances, and I think that uh, he's definitely one as I said to have on your side coming into to entry. Uh, that's the storyteller. The race then off at five fifteen on Saturday. So let me now ask you three for three horses each. Um, but maybe I'll kick in first because I'm sure you want to get me out of the way before you hear from the real experts. Um, Kimberlite Candy, I thought, was close to being a good thing for the race that never happened 12 months ago. It was really impressive at Warwick. Only had one run since, and very significantly for me, because this horse has to go fresh. That was over the fences in the beach, a second to Vieux-Léon Rouge, who is um, quite a unique character over these fences. I agree with Barry about Milan Native, and the, I'll give her a mention in the hope uh, because something at a huge price outruns it. On what will almost certainly be her last race course appearance, let's give a cheer for Cabaret Queen amongst the rags. If she can get into a rhythm, she might just love it. And if she loves it, she could really, bearing in mind that her two big wins have both been Grand Nationals. Who knows? One cannot but dream. Anyway, from dreams to reality. Uh, Barry Doyle, your three national hopes. I'll give you the tribe cast. Uh, Acapella Bourgeois to win. Milan Native to come second and the storyteller to run a cracker, as he always does in third. Another one, two, three for Ireland. I had a few of those. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, uh, three for Ireland myself as well. Discorama uh, to beat Annabelle Fly and Alpha Days Obo. Discarama, only I think won two races in its life, highest class, would, which was a beginner's chase. I think it's, it's yeah, amazing the, how it happens. the world was was a, was a still a beginner. Exactly, going the world into was the national. So I'm just saying, lightning lightning can strike twice, but maybe not at Aintree on the first Saturday in April. <laughs> uh, Ronan, uh, Mike, I wish you the best of luck with Cabaret Queen. Uh, absolutely fantastic story. I hope she goes well. Uh, but my three that I'm taking are Clot Cap. Just to clarify, I'm not saying to go and back Clot Cap now four to one. I'm kind of hoping for the better price on Saturday morning because I think he, he deserves his place well and clear to 
top of the market. So something around 11 to 2, 6 to 1, I, I would be back on that. But for my 1, 2, 3, I'm going Clock Cap, Acapella Bourgeois, and Disco Rama. I think I'm going a big race as well. All about caps, isn't it? Some of us have got seven of JPs to learn. They better not swap them around. But whatever happens, above all, let's hope they all come home safe and sound. And uh, there's a winner in there somewhere, or 20. And uh, one final question. Uh, Naps and next best for the whole weekend. Take your pick. Hands up all those who are tipping in a novice hurdle at Newcastle. Go. I'll go first, Mike. Um, my, my nap is uh, Time Hill in the uh, the three mile hurdle on the, on the Saturday. I think the stairs hurdle form from from certainly the English horses was pretty brutal. I think he'll he'll go well as as a fresh horse. And my next best is uh, David Christie's Some Man in the Fox Hunters on Thursday over the National Fences. You can get nine to one about him each way. Loves good ground. Loves two and a half miles. So hopefully he can do the business. And Ronan? Yeah, uh, going for a couple of prices here. I actually think Adagio is, is a great price tomorrow. Well, not a great price. I just think he should be favourite. So that would be my kind of more of a banger. But I want to go with a decent price. And Caribbean Boy in the top one, I think, is is just uh, overpriced at around you know, 11 to 12 to 1 mark. So that would go for my nap. And uh, my next best, uh, I do like Not So Sleepy, I think is a lovely each way play in the entry hurdle tomorrow. And I will chance. Uh, well, I'll tell you in a moment. I'll keep you waiting, Barry. Uh, nap uh, comes in on Thursday, which is tomorrow, as as we're recording. In the manifesto, novices chase. I think Hitman um, is a great bet. Um, I think this has been. Uh, they've obviously avoided they've avoided Cheltenham, so this has been the plan for him. There's a couple in here I want to oppose, and. Um, a couple of old flames that I'm opposed as well. But Hitman, I think, is a good bet. Um, I think best price out there is 11 to 4 on him. So I'll make him my nap. And I like Precious Cargo each way in the top of him. Um, as I said, he's only had two runs, six six starts over fences in total. Um, he had a nice run the last time after a wind up. I ran a cracker at the festival last year, the Cheltenham Festival, uh, before coming down at the last. And I just think he's one that, that's unexposed and will like the entry fences a good ground will suit as well. So that's Precious Cargo at 11 to 1, and it's potentially a little bit bigger out there uh, for him as a, a next best of the week. And for me, I would go completely off, off message here. Lust for glory for Sam Whaley Cohen, who's got an extraordinary record over the fences, riding for Nicky Henderson, who's got a stinking awful record over the fences in the national, but has won four Toppums. I think that's a knocking good bet in the Topham. And each way, I'll go vindication next best in the stairs on the Saturday. So that is our podcast done for champ.ie, looking ahead to the Randox Grand National at Aintree, 5.15 on Saturday. It's just getting dark now as we're doing this, looking out over the race course, and it's perfect. But the problem is going to get quite cold, and therefore they may have to put a bit more water on it to keep it as good to soft. Um, but sadly, of course, it won't be heavy going in the pubs on Saturday night celebrating, which has always been part of National Weekend. And Nicky Henderson says he'll miss the ladies here on Friday. I thought he had a slight issue with his sight. Anyway, enough of me. Thanks very much to everybody. And please do share, react and come back and join us next week when it will be both the mixture of flat and the start of the classic trials and the jumping with the Scottish Grand National. The voices you heard from Barry Doyle, from Ronan Groom and from Andrew Blair White, I put X in the spot for Mr. Anonymous. Bye-bye for now.